2, You Love to See It, a podcast where we watch TV shows and movies and sometimes music videos, sometimes commercials too, and tell you all about them. I am your host, Danielle Golden Hands Riendo, and I am joined by two incredible co-hosts, two of my regular crew, I would say, on my sort of heist uh, gang. We have Fernanda Saul Nicer Prachis. Hi, I am in jail for letting a lion loose. <laughs> that's really that's quite a crime actually uh that's yeah I, I guess that's probably a good thing to you know be mad at somebody about anyway i'm also joined by lb miasmo hunk tears i'm unjailable hello <laughs> truly truly not be contained <laughs> and good at hypnotism and good at using elevators to your own uh methods you know really good stuff i do I would be so I could be I could be hypnotized so easily in like an old elevator because I will look at those lights and I will love those lights. <laughs> That's fair. I think we're all the guy who gets hypnotized in an elevator uh, this week because it's been real hot. My brain's melted. So here we go. Uh, we are watching an incredible film today. Uh, we are watching The Hot Rock. I won't pay a penny more than 25000 a man. Good and it's bad. There's a guaranteed return, and that's good. But the guarantor's a moose, and a moose is a rookie, and that's bad. You kill me. Bang, bang, bang. And then you take the diamond from my wife when she inherits it. I'm sure you've driven one of these things before, right? <clears throat> I don't want to know the answer, neither does he. Hey, it's the wrong route! I just love this. I know that. <laughs> uh, which is a 1972 American crime comedy drama film directed by Peter Yates from a screenplay by William Goldman based on Donald, excuse me, Donald E. Westlake's novel of the same name, which introduced the long-running John Dortmunder character. The film stars Robert Redford, George Segal, Ron Liebman, Paul Sand, Moses Gunn, and Zero Mostel. All right, let's talk about the first scene. In the first scene, this is our segment where we talk about our history with the movie at hand. I'm going to start with LB because LB, this one was your pick. And uh, I'm going to guess that you might have the longest history with this incredible 70s crime caper comedy. Uh, I do, but not by much. I think I do, but not by much. Gotcha. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Uh, I watched this for the first time in May of this year mm. on the Criterion channel because uh, George Siegel has like a uh, like a little featured section. And like, I always want to watch a heist movie. Usually when I'm like turning on the Criterion collection, it's I want to see what's about to leave or I'm like, oh, I just want to watch a stylish movie where someone does some crimes. Um, <laughs> it's usually French, but like I'm down for whatever. I love I love a crime. Um, and this one, like a 70s heist movie. And I think Robbie had seen it before, my partner, and said it was good. So we watched it. Then I watched it a second time, like two weeks later, oh my when my God. parents visited. Oh. Um, so you guys have to see this movie. It's great. Um, and yeah, I just like when I when I when I want from a heist movie. Like, there's so many different ways of doing a heist movie, right? Yeah. But I want like it, I want it to be fun. I want there to be a certain amount of suspense and stress, but. I want that suspense and stress to be eased with like 
enjoyment and humor and charm. Yeah. Um, that's what I sign up for. And Hot Rock, like, hits all that for me really well. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. The first thing I just thought there is that I had the very first thought or the very same thought, rather, that I need to show this to my parents because they will love it. So this is something I will be watching again with my folks the next time I see them. So that's amazing. I love this subgenre of like movies to show them to, you know, the rents when you see them. It's pretty, that's pretty good. All right. Well, speaking of, you know, histories uh, with movies, Fernanda, have you seen this before? Do you have a history with the hot rock? No, I had literally never heard of it until, (laughs) (laughs) until LB brought it up. And I, I, the only relationship I have with it is Robert Redford because of the mom, the aforementioned mom connection, because my mom uh, has always been obsessed with Robert Redford. She's always (laughs) thought he's such a hunk, like such a lovely, beautiful man. And you know what? She's not wrong. And yeah. he, like, I, I can't remember the last time I saw him, but it was recently. And he could still get it. And he was, like, 80? I yeah. don't know. How does he do it? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's sorry. magic. I'm being horny on the podcast again. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Like, you could be horny for Robert. Like, I feel like being horny for Robert Redford is, like, such a grand tradition. <laughs> right? In the cinema. And, like, yes. in the realm of, like, film criticism. And he transcends right? generations too, right? Because like he's so much older than my mom, I think, at least like twenty <laughs> years. So it's like, how how many generations of people have been horny for Robert Redford? Truly, is a miracle. But yes, I had never. And my mom literally just texted me. Such is the power of the Redford. She sensed his name was being spoken of, and she texted me. This is amazing. That's um, incredible. <laughs> I'm not even joking. She literally just texted me. <laughs> and, uh, oh usually my, my phone is face down, but it was up so I could see it. So Robert I Redford, are you among us right now? Um, okay, I, but that was <laughs> that was the extent of my history. I had I had really like no previous, uh, no prior knowledge to it. I will say off the bat because I keep it real. I was very indifferent to it. Um, but that's, I think it's a good thing. I'm just very receptive to mm-hmm. whatever it is that we're discussing today. Like, I'm very curious. I thought it was like cute, like cute lines, but it was, it didn't really move me at a fundamental level. Like he moved LB. So I'm just, I'm curious to see where this takes us today. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's fair. Yeah. LB, go ahead. You're about to say something. Oh, I had an idea. Yeah. Go for it. Go for it. So you know how this podcast is changing the culture, changing the conversation, changing yes. the world, right? That's like yes. one of the things we do in addition to rewatching things. <laughs> um, I have an idea, which is the uh, Mom Hunks Hall of Fame. Oh, amazing. Like we, we got into it with Swayze. Like yep. <clears throat> we're getting into it with Robert Redford. Like I think that at some point we should like put together like – a hall of fame of hunks that are our mom's deem hunks. Oh, absolutely. I just off the right? top of my head, Robert Redford, Denzel. My mom's like really horny uh-huh. for Denzel. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. I love it. My yeah, mom that was just... pretty hot for Sean Connery, too. I'm not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. <laughs> really? See, oh, yeah. see, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot we can do there. Sorry, I just had to say it before I forgot. Okay. Oh no, no, go for it. I guess it. I could have written it down, but I think but, yeah, it's a I great wonder... idea. Yeah. 
Thank you. I wonder if this is like an American thing or like specifically like a I like I'm not from New York, but my parents are from New York and I spent a lot of time in New York as a kid. The hot rock, I mean, not the hunks thing. Oh, because I was gonna say universal. (laughs) No, hunks are hunks are like hunks aren't just yeah, hunks are universal. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But yeah, like I don't know. I'm not but we can let's 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 get get into it. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. kind of well, random because, like, I like for instance. Well, the one thing I will say, like, movies that were made before the eighties, I find I I I'm not easily captured by them. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it has to do with just like my impatience. Um, like, and they tend to be just a little slower in rhythm than what I'm used to, and less like in your face. And sure. um. Sure, sure. So I think that that plays a role. And also just, like, mood, whatever. So I am... That's why I'm curious. But I do... Because, like, I, for instance, love Midnight Cowboy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a great film. And I don't love this. Do they have anything to do with each other? I don't know. I'm just <laughs> New saying New York, shit. I it's guess. New York. And it's old. Yeah. <laughs> old. <laughs> They're from, like, a, a three-year span within each other. So it's, like, oh, actually pretty close. both New York. Okay. Yeah. So that was a lucky... <laughs> <laughs> shot from me there i mean midnight cowboy is like a really interesting movie about sexuality right okay. and uh sexuality is always interesting right it's like yeah well okay maybe not always 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 but typically right? often it's interesting often an interesting topic i would say i would say yeah. personally and we have established topic. i'm horny so that could especially that could when robert redford is around right yeah. so <laughs> not just him I, but him too yeah, him and, and any, you know, look, the hunks are real. I absolutely said that this movie has, like, goofy himbo energy, which <laughs> I stand by. Like, this really is, like, a very, like, it's stylish. It's not, like, jock himbo, but it is definitely, like, crime himbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's, like, a flavor of himbo. <laughs> that we talk about. I mean, Ron Liebman in this movie is, like, like... First of all, I think this is a dude's rock movie, not it just because it's about yeah, a diamond and it's called yeah. the hot rock. Um, Ron Liebman in this movie is like an iconic himbo to me, even though, yep. yeah, he's not a jock himbo. He is like, so our our cast of characters, we've got Robert Redford as our kind of main, I think uh, the Soderbergh Ocean's Eleven uh, kind of takes a lot of things yeah. in this movie, especially in the opening. Yeah. Um, so we do have this like, you know, the central thief guy who's just who's fresh out of prison and then like a chatty, his chatty friend who's played by George Siegel. And then Ron Liebman is their wheels man. Um, My favorite man and in this whole he's, movie. He is a fucking joy. I love him. And, <laughs> uh, Stan but, Merch, I think, is the character. Uh, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's like a real, a really, really good himbo energy. But yeah, they're like kind of dumb. They're all kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, they fuck up <laughs> a lot. But just like a the lot. right amount of dumb, right? Like just the, yeah. the right amount to create the hijinks and shenanigans. Like you yeah. need a little of dumb to like really set off the, the unfortunate <laughs> chain of events. And I love it for them. And it makes them I relatable. Think that- I think that's part of the crime himbo energy as well, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, I also don't like it when a crime like goes like in a Perfectly. in a heist movie when it's just like this perfect, perfect, perfect execution, or at least mm-hmm. want to be tricked into thinking it didn't go perfectly. Yeah, because like yeah, just watching like a machine work well isn't is interesting to me. As, <laughs> right. So this movie, I guess, was the UK title oh my was God. like how to steal a diamond in four tries or something. <laughs> oh my god, this reminds uh, me yeah. to look it up in Portuguese. But go ahead. How to steal a diamond. How to steal a diamond in four uneasy lessons. Oh, That's I what love it is. this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean the premise is they have to they like try they get hired to steal a diamond from the Brooklyn Museum and then they keep having to steal it over and over again because they keep losing it. They keep fucking up at key areas. And there are basically four main heists to the movie. The movie is basically a video game, right? Like a very, like, (laughs) it is. This would be such a good video game. And it should be an actual video game. Like truly, truly should be. You have several vehicle segments. You have several, like, heist levels that you have to, like, plan your heist and do the whole thing. Like, honest to God, this would make such a good, like, Hitman style game. Like not shooting people, but just stealing the thing, you know? Like this would be great. Uh, but yeah, we we have John who gets out of prison, and we start we start in on the job, right? So John's brother in law is the one who introduces us to Doctor Amusa, who is like wants this diamond back because you know horrible colonial forces have stolen this diamond over and over, and he's just like, look, I'm a patriot, I want this back, you know, kind of thing. And there are apparently he's some like from talks. A, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. He's like from a fictional like Central African nation, right? Yes. Yeah. And they never say the what UN. nation. Yeah. yeah, and or if they do, it's not a real one, um, or they just don't say. It. I can't remember. But yeah, he's at the UN. He's and he has a great line about like I have complete confidence that the UN will you know come to the right decision. Yeah. But it's taking a little long. So uh, let's do some cuts. But he's yeah. great. He uh, is like wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> one oh thing about this movie that like I read this kind of like what grabs me uh moses gunn is playing dr yeah, Moose and he's yes. wonderful 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 but like everybody seems to be having the absolute best time <laughs> yes. playing the characters they're playing and moses gunn you can tell is just like <laughs> like i think we we meet him and he's at he's at the park and he's on a bench and like and his like suits are really nice and not like not ostentatiously nice but he's like clearly like really feeling himself yes everyone is really feeling themselves and really feeling themselves in these roles and i think where the movie is is weak in terms of like certain amounts of suspense or things like that it makes up for in just being like so 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 charming yeah for me if that makes sense yeah yeah yeah, go ahead uh fernanda (laughs) Fernanda, uh, could you tell us what this, uh, what the name of this movie is in Portuguese? I do love the British name very much. Uh, the, the British name is very unbeatable. I love the <laughs> idea of an uneasy lesson. Like that could absolutely be the <laughs> tagline of my life. Like, it's good. Several uneasy lessons. Um, <laughs> that would be like my autobiography. Praches in four acts, very uneasy lessons. Uh, but. <laughs> In Portuguese, it's, it's os quatro picaretas, which loosely translates to like the four. It's kind of, but that's the that's why it's hilarious to me. Picareta is like a very like kind of old timey word that kind of stands yeah. for con man, but it's just like it it only exists. It mostly exists now in like dubbed translated movie titles. 
<laughs> you kind of use it like older people use it. Like it's a very parent word. Like yeah, picareta, <laughs> and yeah. So it's the four, sort of the four con men, which. But in a very funny way. I'm sorry. It doesn't make sense. In no, English, but it doesn't. Nothing head, to be so. sorry about. I think no, it's, it's wonderful. Great. Like, I also just love that it's like almost like four con men of the apocalypse. Like these these inept, <laughs> like charming morons, like will bring about the end of the world somehow because they'll keep screwing up or something. It makes me it makes me laugh. I like it. The four uh, <laughs> con men of the apocalypse. We've got a locksmith, um, <laughs> green guy, a car guy and an explosives guy. <laughs> I mean, do you need anything else, really? Right? Ah, uh, probably not. Right? What else do you need in life? The, that's, all you, that's all you need. You need the lock guy who is in jail for letting a lion loose. <laughs> that they couldn't get. Oh, I love that. The there's little throwaway so many... lines like that are really good. Yeah, yeah. That's all I was going to say exactly. That, like, there's so many little weird one-offs in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we find out that John learned plumbing this time in prison. Oh, what's the job? That's amazing. Like, there's just so many cute little one-offs. And everybody, the dialogue is very charming. It's very snappy. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. fun. Everybody does appear to be having a very good time acting in these roles. Even though John has some issues, as we find out. He has, like, some gastritis issues like his life of crime is causing him to have like medical problems which is like the the weirdest part of this movie i feel like because nothing else like kind of comes of that it's just like oh he's having issues man it's like oh it's not all easy having this life of crime but also like everything else about the movie says it's great and easy to have a life of crime so it's it's a little weird but i digress I think the gastritis thing is supposed to be because, like, there's a little bit of conflict between, um, I can't remember the character names. Uh, The brother-in-law? Andy Kelp. Andy Kelp and John Dortmunder. Because his, his, like, hesitation about Kelp is that he's too nervous and too emotional. Um, Whereas, you know, John's, like, completely, like, cool-headed. But the fact that the stress has given him, like, you know acid reflex or whatever is proof that he feels stressed too yeah because he holds it in right like that's even what the doctor says like oh you're the strong silent type right like holding everything in and then he proceeds to list all the good things in life that (laughs) (laughs) that he's no longer allowed to (laughs) to have (laughs) it is an odd choice though in that like this really isn't something that like especially coming off of fast nine Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <sweet>. yeah. <laughs> which is like every single thing in this movie every single thing possible happens in that movie and there's no like little moments uh that mm-hmm. aren't really for anything mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and which i mean i think fast is an extreme example of that but i don't think that you get so many moments um in like a, a contemporary crime movie yeah or as many moments in a contemporary crime movie as you get in the hot rock of mm-hmm. just like, here's a little, some little character development that has, that's really, or like a funny line or 10,000 funny lines that really have no bearing on anything. <laughs> yeah. It's, Which it's I really vibe. enjoy. Yeah. But I understand why that is, why how that can be like potentially sl- like slow things down. Yeah. I, I think you're absolutely, because I enjoy that. Like the things that I love the most were actually the tidbits of dialogue. But I do, I do absolutely 
feel what you're saying. And I think it might have something to do with me just like being, cause that's the thing is not that I disliked it, anything, right? Like the movie ended and I was like, how do I even feel about this? Like it was like, yeah. I like the vocabulary to like <laughs> internally assess this, which is very strange for me <laughs> as an individual to lack the vocabulary for anything. I verbalize all the things all the time, even the things that do not need it. Uh, but <laughs> I kind of feel like it has to do with that because when you think heist movie, when you think action movie, right, in general, um, right. you actually kind of, your mind now gravitates toward the Fast and Furious type thing. Like you said, totally extreme example because they really, their whole thing is packing the most insane amount of events in the smallest space of time. Like it's different, <laughs> but I do feel like maybe it, it lands a little weird after like all these years of getting used to a certain type of pacing and a certain type of delivery to just have like a dialogue they were like oh this is a funny dialogue and then the scene changes and what does this mean like (laughs) Robert Redford was just at the doctor being told that he he has to give up all these great things and it's like oh no we're back to like trying to find this diamond and you're like oh my god this is so weird but it's also really cool yeah, That's I think really for me, some of it, and I and I actually like how this movie leans into weird a little bit. Like, I actually mm-hmm. think that's pretty fun. The only issue I had with it, if you even want to call it an issue, is that I wasn't sure if things were supposed to be funny sometimes. <laughs> oh, like, okay. I, it's like, I think we're supposed yep. to laugh at no, him for his, like, to. being peed on and his, like, you know, because the, the baby, it's a, it's a baby. It's not like a anything weird it's just like oh the baby pees <laughs> on him when he goes to see his sister like, it's not like kinky everyone it's the it's baby not. get your it's minds up the gutter listeners on him. everything's fine it's just a baby <laughs> peeing on him. and like you know like just like you're supposed to laugh at him a little bit but i was like i feel bad for this man <laughs> having a medical condition because of his stress and toxic masculinity not letting him talk about his feelings <laughs> like i actually got a little I got a little sad for him. I also had I also had feelings as an EMT watching this movie. The amount of like the amount of times people pretend to get hurt or die, <laughs> and like and like use other people to like. Yeah, I'm really I'm I'm hurting, buddy. And then like I just I feel bad about that. I'm like, you just we want to talk about the first heist. We probably should. Yeah, the first level of the game uh, is is the Brooklyn Museum. Uh, and it is, uh, there's a beautiful display with the diamond itself, the hot rock, uh, so to speak. And, uh, the, you know, they case the joint, they get excited about it. And then they, they have a whole elaborate plan. Uh, they get the gang together, you know, the four, the four folks, uh, briefly, I just want to say there's some hilarious interchange about, uh, Brooklyn traffic as they plan the whole heist, which makes me happy. And also, again, that's probably what made uh, Stan my favorite character. That and the fact that he is a mechanic who plays for his mother the sounds of the Daytona Speedway. (laughs) As we meet him, he has like a record that he puts on and he's very excited about racing. And I'm like, I love this man. This is my guy, John Dortmunder. You know, he's hot and that's fine. And that's nice. And she has more trouble. That was so yeah. good. It's such a, it's like one of the best scenes introducing a character so I think I've ever seen. So and it's um, so weird. It's so strange. It's so weird. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> he's wearing like the I, tiniest I shorts <laughs> and no other clothes. And he's got this sweet old mother comes in and he puts it on vinyl. And like, it's 
deafeningly loud. (laughs) And like the blissful looks on their faces as they listen (laughs) to the Daytona Speedway. Oh my God. Like that's that's everything you need to know about this character. Yep. Yep. Oh, and I looked at Rodrigo, my partner who was watching with me and I looked and I was like, is this like sounds of the street? (laughs) <laughs> like I was like, am I missing something? And it's like, no, that's not. That's the sounds of a, of a freeway or whatever. Like, okay, I, I, and then they stand there for like an uncomfortably long time before the phone. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Which is so good. They just stand there for a while, looking so like amused by that. So like, so soothed by those like they're very meditating aggressive- to the racetrack. <laughs> so excited. They're so excited. It's like as if you put like an, a Formula One race on like in the background as you went to sleep or something. Like you're just yeah. like soothed by the sounds of the fast, fast cars. Oh, yeah. Paul, our producer, is like, I'm going to start doing that. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's make it an experiment. Like, let's keep a journal. Paul, when you wake up, tell us, tell <laughs> us how that went that? for you. <laughs> I also have to say, uh, the introduction, I mean, it's not the first time we meet Paul Sands' character, but I feel like there's a, like, his kind of scene introduction where we, like, learn who he is and what his deal is, uh, with him and Robert Redford at, like, a lake or a pond pretending (laughs) to fish. Somewhere Mm -hmm. upstate, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, what's Paul Sands' character's name again? Sorry. Alan. Oh, Alan Greenberg. Of course. Uh, Alan just has these homemade explosives and is kind of very like meekly testing them out, like very calm, very yeah. cer- like you know. And Robert Redford's like, "No, we need a bigger explosion." And, and with each explosive, he says which university he went to <laughs> to learn how to make this bomb. <laughs> which, and then like has a thought. It's like, yeah, I love school, and it's like <laughs> these people are insane. Every one of these characters is like. Well, is I guess like I turned to Robbie when we were watching this, and because like all three of these guys, like everyone except for Robert Redford and Moses Gunn in this movie, pretty much is like an aggressively Jewish person. Um, And I turned to Robbie and I'm like, and I point at Robert Redford. I'm like, is that how you feel when you're with my family? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, kind of, yeah. (laughs) It's kind of like that. but yeah, like, uh, also my dad looks like Paul Sand a lot. Like my dad when he was in the later 70s. Like but yeah, like the, I learned this one at the Sorbonne. I learned this one at Berkeley. Like, <laughs> these are such weird people. And I like that so much that I have such a sense of these characters as like mm-hmm. characters. Yeah. Yeah. They're all quirky. Yeah. Everybody's quirky. Like, even Which, the coolest guy has his, his issues for not being, like, for being too cool. It becomes an issue for him. Yeah, it can't be too cool. You have to be a little cringe. Yes, you really do. That's you gotta talk lesson. about shit. Yeah. It's That's a lesson for our time, I think. It is. You can't be cool. You have to be a little cringe. You have to. You have to be a little bit of a, like, you have to be sincere also. Mm-hmm. Like, when they do the, when they do that initial heist in the Brooklyn Museum and, like, it's this great thing you find out why you need the ex- they, they need the explosives. Um, Stan does like a like crashes a car into the front, basically like in in the front of the museum, and they use the explosives to make it look really exciting. And the I guess 
the gimmick is like we have to make it look like a really fun car crash. So all <laughs> yeah. of the security guards will run outside and watch the car being exploding. And then Alan poses as a doctor and is like, "We have to pull traction." And it's like he makes the cops like hold on to Stan as Stan screams and like really, I mean, they're all putting on like so a show. Silly, like it's so goofy. It's like pull traction, pull traction, and they're like doing the full dramatic thing. Meanwhile, John and Kelp. Kelp. What is Kelp's first name? I just think of him as Kelp because of Andy. But like Andy. Kelp's keys. It, it's, it's, it's Kelp's Kelp. keys. Yeah, it's the, it's Kelp's, the keys. Kelp's keys angle. They go in and they are working on the you know the actual lock picking itself. Uh, and you know there's some close moments where John has to be like, oh yeah, over there, buddy, uh, to other security guards. And John has to have a moment where he actually helps. Andy, like with his confidence, because Andy's like, oh, I'm such a with fuck sincerity. up. With sincerity. And this is sincere right here, where um uh, John is like, no, listen, I could go, I could go to prison forever, but I I trust you. Like, you've got golden hands. And it's actually <laughs> kind of beautiful. It's like a beautiful moment of coaching and brotherhood. Oh, and it, it's so nice, and it gives him it gives him the confidence to to break open the case. Uh, and at this point, um, uh, Alan has come back in so they can lift the glass. However, there's a slight strength disparity and he gets stuck in the fucking glass case. With the Another diamond. great little. And it is like slapstick, like ridiculous so slapstick. slapstick at this point. Um, the score also is like Quincy so Jones did the score for this. Yeah. And it is like, to me, this like perfect balance between like ramping up tension, yeah, but also keeping it like fun and cool. Yeah. It's this kind of, it's like a really, it's it's a pretty cheerful jazz soundtrack. Yeah, it's like Big Panthery, but it's mm. but not quite that. Yeah, it, it's, it has that like that tone, so you know, so you know, like not to be too stressed out, but it's not quite so like wacky. It's a it plays like a really really nice balance. I noticed yeah. this the second time I watched it. Um, that. It, it's really, really, really well done. Did you know Quincy Jones is good at music? <laughs> Guys, has anyone heard of this? Um, but like, but yeah, it really, it like, especially in the in the high scenes and the scenes where like tensions being ramped up, it it really, really, really adds to it to make the tension like right at this perfect balance for me at least. Yeah. Um, where like I am stressed out, but I'm also laughing. Yeah. And like I really want them to be okay, but I know it's silly and I'm not like my blood pressure is okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can understand that this is a situation of peril, but at the same time, you can enjoy yourself. Yeah. I'm yelling oh no, but I'm also smiling really big. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful oh, no! <laughs> oh my god, they oh, could have no! just played the entire that oh no audio that like is from TikTok <laughs> and is on Instagram all the time. They could have just played that. The enti- I'm gonna no, like do no, a cut no. where it's just that playing over and over and see what changes. No, I won't because I can't do that. I'm very uh, incapable in many ways. But also, that would be so. That would be 105 <laughs> minutes of oh no. <laughs> hey, it would be <laughs> That's movie. too many. Oh, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> quick producer's note here uh this is actually really awesome so the composer of course quincy jones he was so impressed by the performance of his musicians uh for the soundtrack that he asked 20th century fox and the producers of the film to give them on-screen credit uh and the future performance uh excuse me future performers uh were jerry mulligan grady tate jerome richardson frank rosalino clark terry 
and the Don Elliott voices who are all uh, popular jazz musicians. So that's actually that's fucking cool. That's really that's cool. Car- I think Carol Kay was also playing also played on this. Who's oh. a pretty famous session musician. Awesome. Um, Gotta love in it. The, yeah. And like is on like pet sounds and stuff. Um, but yeah, just I don't know, like good, good shit. I'm sorry I keep like distracting from what we're doing. Like no, the it's good. yeah, this first heist seems great. And they get stuck in the thing. It delays everything. They almost the the car crash fun is over. All the security guards head back inside. They don't get caught caught, but they get seen. And unfortunately, Alan does get caught. And he swallows the diamond, which horrifies me. He swallows me. the diamond. I was truly <laughs> horrified when this happened. I was like, oh, that's not going to be fun tomorrow. No. <laughs> Honestly, that was like the only part of the whole heist that I feel like I would be able to do. <laughs> I know that's going to sound strange. Um, okay. <laughs> Let me back Are up. Are you like really good at swallowing pills? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm trying to find a way to phrase this so as not to, uh, you know, sound terrible. But yes, I'm very good at swallowing uh <laughs> pills and things and honestly like when i i see those scenes in like movies where people are, like having trouble swallowing like packages of drugs and stuff okay this is gonna there's no way this is gonna sound good but it is like <laughs> why well, I'm, I'm saying this out loud aren't i that's that's wild and no, i'm sober please. Uh, but, <laughs> but i do always think like oh that wouldn't be such a big deal for me like, that's literally where my mind goes like oh i couldn't that's do the such key. a flex i couldn't do the key thing i would absolutely get stuck inside the dome like i could not oh, yeah. you know fool all the cops i'm very afraid of authority i would just spill the beans like i would not be good in a heist like that's not my talent but i could swallow whatever it is that we're stealing so that's my contribution I mean, this is actually going to come up later because I did have a, f- a fun question at the end of the podcast for like, just think about it now. I mean, we know now, Fernando, what you would be doing. But it's like, what's your job on the heist crew? So now we know. Now we know already. Now we know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, uh, shit. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad my mom doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> She'll text you right now. Like, Are you talking about how you can like swallow things again? <laughs> I thought we had this conversation. Not in front of Robert Redford, Fernando, please. (laughs) (laughs) Robert Redford. Oh, incredible, incredible. This leads us to level two, right? Uh, Heist number two of the four, of the four uneasy lessons slash video game levels. Uh, It is Alan's prison break. We are introduced to Alan's father at this point, who is like... Dresses like the penguin from Batman. I don't know how else to put it. It's like the penguin from Batman, right? He's like in a little suit. He's got like a little cane. He has like, it's almost like, like, I don't know, like British royalty from a it's certain like, era. It's very, it's so for, it's first of all, it's zero mustile. Um, yes. And like when I was first watching this and zero mustile, like famously like from Fiddler on the Roof and the producers, um, if, yeah, uh, blacklisted by Hollywood and the best guy ever. Um, he's just the best. He's great. The, be- yeah. the best per- for me, like one of my favorite people to see, one of my favorite faces to see, one of my favorite voices to hear. Like, I think after I watched this, <laughs> I 
whole my mom was like, Mom, did you ever see Zero Mostel when you lived in New York in the 70s? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, you wouldn't know if you just saw him, like, from, you know, three blocks away, you'd know. <laughs> you would but, just like, know. <laughs> you would just know, Mom. She's like, I, maybe, maybe my mom did. I don't know. Uh, but, like, I was so, I didn't know he was in it. And, like, when he shows up, I was already in. But I was in, in, in. <laughs> He's dressed in this absurd, like, fancy man suit, <laughs> which is, like, very clearly, like, a not fancy. Like, the vibe is a non-fancy person Try. putting on airs. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I think that's probably the what they're trying to signal, right? Like, yeah. kind of a, uh, like, con man. Not con man, but, like of a fraud uh, yeah like yeah. that kind of vibe absolutely like knowing like in hindsight i feel like that's kind of what they were trying to signal i didn't know him i had no idea who he was oh he's great oh the, yeah that's i mean it's it's mostly stuff from, from like the 60s and 70s yeah. um and like i said he was blacklisted uh yeah for for communism uh, oh i love him already yeah being cool yep. as hell yeah just oh. cool guy um but yeah his like Speaking of like old timey words that are only used in old movies, like it's very much like the classic shyster lawyer, which is a <laughs> word I've only really heard in like thin man movies. <laughs> sure. Like it's only like like stupid like goofy mysteries from the thirties and forties. But like that, it is this like you know he's like when he gives them his he he's Alan's father and he gives he introduces himself on on Alan's behalf to the rest of the crew gives them his business card and then takes it back and puts it back in his pocket and like you can see it's like really like worn and handled like it's the the one he has it's and like uh, it's just it's just good and a good just a great face great man like one of the one like an all-timer for me uh but yeah he very like dramatically conveys to them that they can't that you know alan has the has the stone and they can break they, they need to break in and bust him out um which is what they do with again like some of my favorite soundtrack stuff in this movie uh oh, is in yeah. the the prison break yeah this has yeah. A, a lot of my favorite framing i'll just say is the cinematography yeah. nerd like so much fun with the framing and like you know using the bars and shadows and all kinds of fun stuff which is really really good um this getaway vehicle uh because again we have like it's it's a video game there are levels and there are driving segments like basically and this this vehicle is like a hot little convertible and also a giant truck so we've got both of those going and also by the way in between every you know portion of the heist our our bumbling, uh, charming uh, himbos go to Dr. Amusa for more money to buy, like, increasingly elaborate equipment and costumes for the next part of the heist. Again, this is a video game. It's like you're going to him to get, like, your next loadout, right? To, like, do the next part of the heist. <laughs> Danielle, you need to, like, you're always talking about making a video game. This is this has to be the one I, for me. I like, I'll, I'll, I'll work with you on this. It's the best. I would love to make this a video game. Truly. Like, incredible, <laughs> incredible inspiration. Um, but, yeah, we go in. Uh, we have the truck. We have the hot little convertible Stan Merch dresses. Like a little like French New Wave character to sit in his convertible and do the getaway. Like he's a fancy rich boy. He's like doing the full fancy rich boy fantasy with like a little scarf and his Mercedes. I love it. <laughs> in the middle of the night to do a prison break. I it's just it. like 
Yeah, it's it's so silly, and it just makes me like so happy on a on like a cellular level. I don't know what it is. Like yeah. this, a lot of this movie like finds me right where I live, and I'm just like that is what I think is funny. Mm-hmm. What I think is funny is this man dressing up like <laughs> chewing gum obnoxiously, <laughs> like yeah. careening around these corners, uh, up into uh, like a. Uh, a truck and then like and then while everyone's like freaking out and panting and like after this horrible drive turns and just deadpan goes i didn't think she cornered too good (laughs) like (laughs) i roared at that line yeah he's my favorite by so far in this whole crew like (sighs) i if this movie were just him i mean i know you can't do a movie like this as just him i get it you gotta have the crew you gotta have the, the whole thing but like I just loved him so much. I just loved him so much in this movie. He was so good. Um, I also have to say that this part during the prison break, I guess before really the the getaway, but was when I, I fully was like, okay, none of, all right, all right. This is a fantasy. None of this would work. Like the first heist probably should have given me some of those vibes, right? It was pretty slapstick. Yeah. It was pretty stupid, but I still was like, I was able to suspend disbelief in the museum. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I guess because they got so lucky at so many points that it was like, all right. But like this one where they're being like shot at by prison guards and they're just like totally fine. I was like, oh man, all right. All right. Okay. We're, we're having a laugh. We're having a gas, you know? And that of course just escalates with each with each level with each you know with each thing it, it really does escalate because next uh we find out that alan has hidden once he passed the stone he hid it at the police station so they have to hijack a helicopter and fly over manhattan and land on the right roof to the police station but of course they, they don't land on the right roof at first. that what that part was really amazing i was like <laughs> you know what that's an honest mistake I have a tough time, like, finding myself with, like, a phone and my feet. Imagine landing a (laughs) helicopter on the right roof without GPS. That must be hard. You're driving a helicopter for the first time in your life because you read a book about it. (laughs) Like, yeah, you do your best. Two blocks away is not so bad. No, yeah, right? Like, I feel like that that should have been acknowledged. That was pretty good. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, no, they did great. But yeah, they <laughs> land on this roof full of, like, old men who are looking at them. And, like, they're the least convincing cops. They, I wrote my note here <laughs> is, <laughs> next vehicle is a helicopter, and they dress like gay cops in denim. That's my, yes! note. That's my note. That's my note for this section of the movie. Stan's shirt is buttoned, like, maybe at his belly button, and there are no <laughs> other buttons happening. And he's got, like, I think he's got, like, a gold chain, and it's just, like, yep. This is, yeah, this is, a, like, a sexy cop. This is not a real cop. Yeah. But. Yep, he's going to a bachelorette party or bachelorette. Yeah, he's like, going to he really, it, really, truly, that's the vibe here. And they really have, like, plastic badges. It's, like, very, it's very ridiculous. And we get some nice helicopter shots of Manhattan. We it's actually beautiful. get, I'm pretty sure, uh, the Twin Towers under construction. That would have. Yep actually been the right time for that so that's that's an interesting moment uh, i i had to look up like oh when were they completed and you know they're partially constructed and they would have been during this year so it's like oh oh wow interesting so some real interesting new york uh aerial cinematography here which is pretty cool and then of course they get to the fucking police station which is maybe the most slapstick part of the whole movie because Sorry. we have these cops 
doing like a fucking sitcom routine about how all oh, the phone's broken again. Did you jiggle it? Oh, the radio's broken. Did you monkey around with it? Oh, this is broken. And then one cop is like, it's just like, I don't know. He makes some like war comment and then it's, it's Bob's Bob's in the street, sir. And then, you know, the Lieutenant is like, Oh, the, it's the revolution. Like it's just so fucking so stupid, but it's lovely. It's like the most bumbling cops in the universe and the most bumbling robbers. And the young <laughs> cop is Christopher Guest. Oh my God, that's right. I remember seeing him in the credits and I just didn't place him at the time, but that's amazing. Bob's, Bob's in the street, sir. <laughs> Good. It's just like even the, like the guy who plays the police lieutenant is, it's a really, really small part, but the way yeah. he like, he's so convincing in thinking like, the revolutions Revolution. come and like when they, when they they come, they search for the, the diamond, they release a guy who's, just the hat. So happy to see them <laughs> again. It's also, thrilled. like a throwaway character who is such like a person, um, yeah. and is like the most lovable five second dude in like cinema <laughs> history. Who's so like, oh, this is like, th- thanks. Was this all for me? Wow. Um, but the when they finally that's leave, the police yeah, he's just like, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I mean, like. Robert Redford gets mugged in like a very quick scene, and the guy who mugs him is incredibly charismatic and like yeah. and having the and having a blast. Um, yeah. And the police lieutenant has like I don't know less than ten lines maybe, but like at the end when everybody leaves, he gives this like we 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 beat him, we won, fellas. That <laughs> is the most like real like as as silly and goofy and slapstick as this is, like imp like do nothing like shitty cop authority figure pronouncing victory after doing absolutely nothing like it's somehow pitch perfect <laughs> yeah that part yeah it's sorry i'm feeling like i'm talking a lot no I, no I it's great it's, it it's very fun and i just love that stan is just throwing bombs onto the cop cars <laughs> like from the roof just for like five entire minutes he just keeps throwing <laughs> bombs he's just like <laughs> and throws another bomb but yeah it's another failed heist there's nothing there. It's so stupid. pipe. Yep. It's nothing there. <sighs> so then we go to, you know, so we're done with three levels of our game. But now we have an interesting sort of side story uh, where we have to figure out, did Abe sell them out? So we have a whole, like, I think it's supposed to be scary or, you know, you're supposed to laugh at it because it's supposed to be scary, but it's not. A uh, kind of moment where, unbeknownst to Abe, He's being tested for his loyalty here to try to figure out where the diamond went. Uh, so we go to a scary elevator in a scary building, and uh, <laughs> there's a there's a guy named Chicken. <laughs> Sorry, this is very funny. This is very very funny to me because it's just it's just like it's, I think it's just kelp done up with like you know yep stockings like a, on his shoulder face. and the stockings yeah. <laughs> he like comes out and he's like supposed to be the muscle uh because abe you know abe the lawyer doesn't believe that you know they're capable of really enforcing this and being violent so we get but chicken. they have a mindless like sort of <laughs> creature that is capable of violence and chicken because you like talking on his head because it is scary to name big individuals with the names of harmless things like i find them a lot scarier if that's the case if he's like the the rhino like you're that's trying too hard right you're right the rhino oh my god yeah 
Then if it's like the chicken, then you're like, now this is serious. Like it'll rhino would sound made up. Chicken just sounds sounds right. Like, no, that that guy's like because like it's not he's you know, killed the, people. Chicken yeah. has killed people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, chicken's killed people. Chicken seen some shit. You know, Dear chicken. Like, there's this moment where they call him out, like chicken. <laughs> he comes out and he threatens violence, but then there's a moment where it's like chicken has lost control. <laughs> and he just starts punching people and picks up Alan and it's like a chaotic element. And of course, it's all a, a ruse to get Abe to, you know, uh, like, how up. did he even get this strong? He looked like a normal person. That's the and then thing. he's like holding because good, the padding and shit. OK, but he's like legitimately holding him and shaking him. That takes strength. Yeah, it's not easy yeah. to pick somebody up and hold them I on your like shoulders. He, yeah, he like truly absorbed the chicken energy and <laughs> that's <laughs> the chicken energy. and it came out in the form of pure brute force i i believe it's I mean, a that's really the thing well this guy. Scene. once he believes in himself he can do anything, anything. We already that's saw right. This, right that's the lesson like, that's the whole lesson he he just needs to believe in himself and like play the role he has to play the role of golden hands kelp or chicken and he's perfect like I really no. relate to him because of that. Because I feel like he's that kind of person who just needs positive reinforcement. He just needs a little like, push. Yeah. I actually think it's back to- I think Stan is is chicken, not not kelp. Oh, am, oh shit. I fucked Stan up. stealing the show. No, it's fine. It's just it's Stan Stan doing the best once again. He can he, he literally can't do anything. He flew, he flew right. a helicopter. You're right. He can do absolutely anything. Confidence. He has the confidence. He has the he has most the confidence. Himbo confidence. And it works out for him every time. So the only thing he can't do is defeat traffic. That's the only thing he can't do. But nobody can. Nobody yeah. can. Anyone like traffic? Traffic is the biggest villain in every movie. It's yep. like the one thing that nobody can ever defeat. Maybe Michael Douglas in that movie. I don't remember if he actually defeats traffic. <laughs> I mean, I think they, they like do raging. the. It, is it Die Hard Three? No, where they mm. get the oh. the Italian job. The, it's the Italian job. It's the Italian I think job that you're thinking of. The remake they, of the Italian job. Where they find like an ambulance to follow? Yeah, they actually oh. reprogram like the lights to be green lights. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm that's the remake. Of, okay. It's I don't know if it's in the original, but that's the remake of the Italian job from like the early two thousands or something. Okay, yeah. now that's next level. That's like yeah. some yeah. galaxy brain shit. That's I mean, that's when you have to start having hackers as part of your heist team. Like, this right. is before then, right? Yeah. This is pre-, yeah, this is- <laughs> pre you know, These computer guys can hack anything. <laughs> so there were no hackers yet. I feel like Stan would be both muscle and a hacker in a modern adaptation. <laughs> like, he would be- he And the driver? Both. I think, you know, it's Alan. I think Alan's our- Alan's- Because he's like the- because he's like he loves school, you know. Like people aren't that curious. He loves school. <laughs> he's curious. True. He's got an inquisitive mind. <laughs> he's like an inquisitive. inquisitive Paul says he would be ludicrous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, he'd be Luda. Oh, that's but there's only one ludicrous, really. I'm. Not, I feel like I haven't made that clear enough in our Fast and Furious episode. That is true. There's only how one much Luda. I love ludicrous. So I'm just taking this that. opportunity. I'm so glad we're. We're giving, I think it's good that we give space for real wholesome space for ludicrous. Because <laughs> I feel like we we couldn't do it yesterday, so now we're just like yesterday that last week. So now we're just like inserting ludicrous here in this little pocket, it's and like a, I love it. 
it's like a get out the way moment, you know, for Ludacris. <laughs> like you make space for Ludacris by get out the way, you know? So then he has, yeah. I, then he has the space to be the best Luda, oh. you know? I do. Like he is one of my absolute favorites in the Fast uh, franchise though. Yeah. Absolutely. He's Absolutely. so good. He's such um, an underrated like person in general. Like has he done any problematic shit? I don't think so. Didn't he like discover Justin Bieber too? He really can't do it all. <laughs> he can't miss. He can't miss, right? <laughs> I think the I'm only sorry. time I was ever not happy to see him was, uh, I think he has a feature in Sierra Ride, and I was like, I don't want to see you right now. I see, I see. And no, it's like not, it's like nothing against you. I just am like having my moment with this song. Yeah. You know, it's, it and happens. it's like, yeah. You know? Yeah. If we're being horny on the podcast, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Luda, you're, you're a king, but. <laughs> okay also usher was the one who discovered bieber so oh no I'm we don't sorry. we can't no you're... we can't even we don't uh i mean it depends on i guess if you consider discover i consider discovering bieber to be a neutral Ludacris was on the song with justin bieber that's okay. why i'm that's confused that's it that's it he's in baby yeah 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 yep. which is still a banger but that's another episode <laughs> and we can get into it later <laughs> Uh, but that's why, that's where my confusion stemmed from. Look, this is all very, you know, it's all very <laughs> relatable. I thought Kelp and Stan were the same person, apparently, for a second, and they were well, both chicken, d- so. I know. mean, the, the, the performance, the transformation into chicken, because, like, Stan is such a chill character. He's such, yeah. like, a good vibes guy, and, like, he, chicken is the ultimate bad vibes guy. Chicken is, is a, the id, you know? <laughs> chicken oh, is the id gosh. of everyone. Chicken is the shadow. <laughs> <laughs> shadow self the union the shadow oh my god we all is... have a chicken inside us it's true. yeah we just need to maybe let chicken out more more you it'll know, peck like at your soul if you don't let it out you know what i'm saying like it'll you get gastritis and won't be able to like drink bourbon <laughs> that's right and is... nobody wants that Love okay, bourbon. For their life. That's, I feel like we're just getting like such amazing <laughs> lessons. <laughs> I mean, that's what we do. Her. We get off track and then come up with the just like genius things that other people <laughs> thousands of years from now will be living off of. I think they will. As like their life guides. You know? yeah, the book of you love to see it will replace the Bible in about a thousand years. <laughs> we're like we're like the Van Gogh of podcasts. Like we're just gonna <laughs> Live our lives unrecognized <laughs> for our genius. But after we pass, it's true. that's when, when you won't be able to really get rid of us then. <laughs> the 3D you love to see it experience. <laughs> yeah, Paul, producer Paul is saying, put this on the next Voyager space. <laughs> Just a oh. capsule with all of our shows. I think we should. I think we should. And uh, oh, man. That'll well, be the ultimate heist. The heist of knowledge. Yes, it's the heist of knowledge. The heist of the public's (laughs) consciousness. Yeah. The heist of the true self. I don't don't believe knowledge can be... I don't believe knowledge can be heisted because knowledge belongs to everybody. Oh, Oh, shit. Actually, wait, but I don't believe in private property. Oh, That's very Aaron's So is anything a heist? (laughs) Oh, my God. Right? Absolutely. Can anything be heisted? Tired Danielle lets anything go. Anything goes when Danielle's tired. This rules. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, it's been really hot. (laughs) I'm sorry for enjoying. (laughs) It's really hot in New York. I am basically the two 
put his from Weekend at Bernie's on the top of the roof in a kiddie pool <laughs> with tar melting on my face like this week. So that's like, that's where we're at. <laughs> that's I'm sorry. Where we're at. No, Wait, there's nothing. To I'm be sorry, sorry for, for taking joy in it, though. No, you should. I want you to take joy from it. What? How good would I be at my job if I took no joy from you taking joy? <laughs> joy in your suffering? Yeah. <laughs> because I'm not taking joy in your suffering. I'm taking joy in suffering. you being loopier than usual. Yeah. yeah the, the representation of the suffering. Yeah. This is not a pipe. This is not suffering. I feel like I'm I'm getting I'm getting out of control. I'm just gonna stop. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's okay. Listen, there's a chicken on us all, and right. it's okay. And it's okay. And we <laughs> let our inner chickens out for a few minutes, and and then we can go to level four, the last heist, where Doctor nice. Amusa has finally fired these morons. For, <laughs> for That's amazing. He's spending all this money on this very secret <laughs> mission because he's hiring the best of the best, the only people for the job and then you're like are they really the only people <laughs> is this really the best you could do he's a little cheap though i do feel like he underpays yeah so maybe like, that's why doing research mm. to hire somebody to like do a thing it's like it's not like they had yelp for thieves back right. then. <laughs> it's true and he doesn't he's like he's and he's like in the very beginning when he hires them, he has this like really cute moment where he kind of giggles himself and goes, Ooh, I'm a criminal. Yes. Um, he's like, he's completely out of his, he's more out of his depths here than anybody else. Cause he's never yeah. done. He's like a diplomat. Yeah. He doesn't know he's anything never about crime. crime. Um, done a crime. You're right. And he doesn't have like Craigslist. So it's like, yeah, Hey, so there's no anybody up for a heist? <laughs> yeah. So he's just going with who he knows. So he doesn't even hire like a better thief. <laughs> He just <laughs> hires Alan's dad. He hires Zero Mostel, who he's holding prisoner, who's talked him into it. Which is like also the Zero Mostel transformation from like pretending to be in like a a pathetic innocent old man with like the roundest eye, like innocent eyes, oh. to like basically just openly gloating that they'll never be able to um, get into his safety deposit box. He's just like so mean and having so much fun being a mean person <laughs> it's a good it's a again like the performance in this movie are great but yeah so dr musa has hired abe hired quote-unquote hired abe to just <laughs> go into his own safety deposit box where he has the diamond that he's stolen and so and now they have to uh, figure out a way to get in yeah so we have like a moment of like well they gotta think and they gotta come up with a plot and john walks around a park with a like <laughs> like a matchbox it starts like sketching things out and his plot is to hire what is her name miasma miasmo miasmo yes miasmo who is a just unbelievably hot like 60 something woman who's like a hypnotist who in a great gets on an elevator and hypnotizes a man who works in the safety deposit box area behind the vault <laughs> to using, of course, again, the lights on the old-timey elevator to hypnotize him. So he, when someone utters the phrase, Afghanistan, banana stand, he will do exactly what that person says. They get another safety deposit box just so they can get in the area. And the ultimate heist is on. <laughs> That's actually kind of genius, though. I, it's really I good. It's really good. It's like... Yes, 
you know what? The one, the most competent person in this whole movie is a woman. A hypnotist. A hypnotist who uses technology. Well, it's it's hypnotism, but also technology because of the elevator to like yeah. make it happen. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, the rest of this movie is these guys just like being kind of great at this, but also really bad at this. And just yeah. like kind of fucking things up and like really just like. You know, there's not that much technology in this movie. I'm just gonna. Yeah, say. they're like using explosions and like yeah. for like power and like and this is just cerebral. Like there's no twinkling lights. physical effort. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. it just it happens very easily. There's no like bloodshed. Nobody needs to pretend they're dead. Chicken yeah. doesn't need to come in. Chicken That's is just chilling. She's the right. opposite no, of chicken. The most That's cerebral true. character. She's she is brains, where he is brawn and no control. And yeah. that's what it takes to really pull off the ultimate heist. And hilariously, it works. It's like the finally the uneasy lesson is actually the easy lesson uh, because uh, John is able to go in. Uh, he says the line. He's able to get the diamond and he he's able to walk out. And there's this like whole tension at the end where we keep kind of cutting back and forth. And it's like, he's walking, he's trying to like force himself to walk casually towards the door, towards the door, towards the door. And, there's, and like, the music has cut out also yeah, in, the, in, in the whole safety deposit section. So it's this very like, like suddenly it's very quiet and you like hear his footsteps on the, the kind of hard floor and it's very crisp. And yeah, sorry. Oh no, no, it's, it's really, really good. And then he gets outside and we start hearing some like, like really upbeat jazz, like really happy music. We get this lovely tracking shot of him like through New York. He's like practically skipping. We get the wide shot of like Abe and Dr. Amusa going into the safety deposit box place, like clearly to, you know, to their defeat. And then uh, John makes it back to the, you know, the kind of Kelp's Keys area. <clears throat> And they get in a car and they're all like smiling and laughing. And that's the end of the movie. They just, they, they did it. They did it. They, they did crimes. Crime does pay off. It pays no, off for them at the end of this movie. <laughs> in the happiest, like goofiest, most himbo embrace your brothers, <laughs> like moment of this entire movie. Uh, it is quite an ending sequence. It does feel like there's a lot of tension. And then it's just kind of like releases but it releases slowly it kind of in this whole end sequence where he's walking away and he's like i think i got away with it and he just kind of starts skipping around like i think i got away with it i was terrified sell this diamond though yeah like what are they gonna do i think they have options right because they uh there's like a line early on that like a lot of nations are fighting over um so like first the diamond was stolen by colonial powers but then like Mm -hmm. neighboring nations have all been fighting over it so, like, he can kind of just sell it to, like, he can just take it back to uh, Dr. Musa. He can take it to, uh, they have options. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. He could I mean, sell it back to the museum. Diamond, I guess. But they will get arrested if they sell it back to the museum. No, they could be like, we found it. It was on the, it was on the road. <laughs> it was on a man's stomach and then... It was no longer there, and we found it. <laughs> the people who stole this must have been really incompetent because they dropped it somewhere, <laughs> and the cops will be like, "Hey, you know, we're looking at this. They were pretty incompetent." It's like be a Titanic true. when he leaves the the diamond in like her pocket or yeah. whatever. Yeah. 
Oh my god! And then she drops it into the ocean. You know, it's it's the circle of life, man. It's the circle of life. The circle of the hot rock. It's too hot. No one can hold it for long. It's a hot rock. You know. I wanted to ask, so I did have a fun question for everyone. I already asked it, so everybody should be ready with a great answer at this point. But I want to know if you know on this podcast, and Paul, I would love for you for you to answer this too. Uh, out of the four of us, what kind of crew, like what type of role would you have in a heist if you if you were you know, yeah, you know, just, just saying, if you were persuaded to be a part of a life of crime, Paul is calling the wheel man. And I think that's a good choice. I think yeah, that's a very, absolutely. very strong choice. Yeah. Yeah. Paul's the speed person. I yeah. Think. Yes. I agree. That's the wheel man right there. Okay. We've got a wheel man. Um, okay. Uh, Fernanda, how about you? I know. No, we did hear a partial <laughs> answer earlier. <laughs> <laughs> But that's just a very minor contribution. I understand. I, so you I want just me feel to like ex- you can also do some other things. My- what plan is, right? <laughs> What's that? So, Fernanda could help plan, I bet. Yeah. I feel like that would be it because I'm really I'm really bad under pressure. Like so I would not be able to actually like be on the scene doing things. I would freeze. Uh, I would tell on anybody at the first sight of a cop. I'll just, you know, I'm I'm that kind of, I don't need torture. I'll just say things. You can just ask me and I'll say them and we'll all go to jail. So I feel like I would have to be a backstage person. Um, like I'll be said, like help plan. Uh-huh, Maybe uh-huh. I'm not particularly good at planning either. Uh, I feel like, uh, yes, I'm not good at very good at many things. I can podcast about it. No, that's not a role. I can do our PR. No, not a role. Uh, but yeah, like plan. Um, yeah. I'll be the brains for the lack of uh, agility and just coolness <laughs> to be anything else. I don't know. I think you're selling yourself short. You could fight people. That's true. I could. You I could, could fight well, people. Yeah, muscle. What am I talking about? That's important, Fernanda. You can be muscle. I'll wear like a Lucha Libre mask because yes. that will make me feel like more empowered than I am. And I can also physically fight people if it comes to it. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. I'll That's be in the version. van. Like Paul said, I'll be in the ready. van yeah. helping plan and uh, ready to be unleashed like the Kraken in case uh, yes. things go sour in our heist. Yes. Beautiful. That's incredibly important. That's Those important. Are two very important roles. Paul yeah. says you're chicken. <laughs> chicken. You're <laughs> chicken. I'm cool with being chicken. Honestly, I feel like that's a compliment and I'll take it. I'm chicken. chicken. Absolutely. LB, how about you? What roles? Oh, oh, I I mean, planning and research and then like Mm -hmm. diversion, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Diversion, yes. I'm also very bad under pressure and I'm very anxious. Um, Uh But I think that like diversions, like in my limited history of stealing, um, <laughs> I was best utilized, uh, pretending I didn't know the people who were stealing wine mm. and hanging out near the more expensive things. Allegedly, there was a, I think the statute <laughs> of limitations is up though. This was like George W. Bush was president at the time. This was a very long was time. a while ago. Yeah. Uh, so while, so while some 10th graders, uh, put alcohol in a empty viola case, I was <laughs> near like stuff locked up acting really suspicious. Okay. So everyone was looking at me instead. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, like I'll, I'm. A, but yeah, I think I'd like. I could do like a diversion thing. 
where I could just act like just free, like a, a diversion where I could act freaked out. Yeah, and you can research explosives as well. You're also an inquisitive mind. I feel like I'm that's inquisitive mind. I do, I would not be able to build explosives though. But just know how they're made, and then we'll get somebody I'm not else to do it. I could do <laughs> like somebody we don't mind being exploded. Uh, we could get them to actually build it. <laughs> that's true. I could do things like um, like go to a city planning office. Mm-hmm. Okay. And be like, I'm really interested in the history of city planning because guess what? Not a lie. Hell I love yeah. city planning. It's fascinating to me. And I could get all kinds of plans for things. And I love architecture. Yeah. So I could just go in and get stuff because I'm a nerd. That's that's very like, you can't, you can't like, fake enthusiasm for architecture and city planning. Fortunately, absolutely. I don't have to. Or transit. <gasps> Yeah, I could like, I mean, if like you need to get plans for a train or train times or something, or just somebody to watch things and take notes, yeah. oh, I could do that. I could, could case. Finally, I could case be the one to to take down traffic, LB. <laughs> oh my god! Oh train. my god! Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah. What about you, Danielle? Though, what would your Danielle? What is your your contribution to the heist? All team? right. All right. So. You know, we might have to go a little bit slightly abstract with this, <laughs> but I feel like I feel like I'm pretty good for team morale. Like, I oh, think great I'm, for morale! I think I'm pretty good at yep. like managing folks and like hopefully like helping them feel like they're doing a good job and like they're you mm-hmm. know able to do their various skills. So I think like you know that's maybe that sounds like a soft skill, but I think it's pretty important because no, a lot of times that's important. heist teams are not the most functional units of, of social, mm-hmm. you know, social units. So like maybe a stabilizing force might be good for that kind of thing. Like, yeah, I can and you are like little. Robert Redford in the scene in the museum. Yeah. Like Paul just, the leader who tells us we all have golden hands. Right. That's what that's you do beautiful. at fanbite.com. Danielle, right. you're the leader yeah. who tells us we have golden hands. I, always go, really I don't know if I can be, I don't know if I could do a good job to making a website. And Danielle says, no, you're the I best. Can. You have golden you. hands. You have a golden that's keyboard. Beautiful. And you're an EMT. Like, yeah. if any of us gets like hurt, yep. or you can like pretend to the people that they need to hold the body. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> yeah, can actually hold do traction. a good job with that. I would make it a lot more realistic. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, here's what we got to do. And like really lead them into a hilarious, you know, the right thing to do. Just, you know, it's on a person who's acting, but at least it's like the right thing to do. That's yeah, so perfect though. You're the leader. Yeah, Beautiful. I, I could lead and patch. You know, I could do, I could be a patcher in chief, you know, patch people up. That's the most noble though. Like that's the Unfortunately for you, that's the person who like kind of dies at the end. Sometimes. Oh, I almost certainly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not making it through. <laughs> so that's unfortunate, yeah. but you know, but you're still a vital part of the operation. Sorry, you know? Abby, that I interrupt you. No, no, no. No, I didn't. I keep interrupting both of you. I'm sorry. I'm just very excited about our fake heist. <laughs> no, I love our fake heist, and like with Paul, Wheel, Paul Wheelman. Danielle doing morale, <laughs> Fernanda ready to kick, yep. and me with all the maps. Fuck yeah. Handling traffic. It's- Handling traffic. We do need the person who's going to like go in and steal the thing, though. <laughs> it's a technicality. We are missing that Listen, person. But that could just be a hired hand, because that's the person who gets caught. That's the person we care about the least. 
Like, we just need somebody who is, like, reliable and kind of dumb. Well, you know what's great news about this? And then reset. Is that we don't have, like, this isn't the end of our research on heists. We have the whole rest of the month to watch more heists and figure out, like, what our roles can be, what we need, how to plan our heist of what we, we also don't, don't, don't know what we're stealing yet, so... Our hypothetical alleged heist that we're seriously we're not doing a heist. Yeah, we're not FBI. doing a, a real life heist. We're, we're, we're doing not a, doing heist. a real life heist. This is hypothetical. We're doing oh, a heist. It's a heist of our yeah, cops. Yes, <laughs> FBI men listening in. This I is the joke. Definitely listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Ask the, okay, we should ask the Discord, uh, as Paul is saying, to nominate someone at Fanbyte who could be the person who steals the thing, who actually physically steals the thing. Okay, but not the person I said is less liked. I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah let's, let's take that portion out of it. Yeah, make it, yeah. Make it someone who's very much liked and just we trust yes. them with that role, you know? Yeah. They're very well liked. Uh, and and then, like, sneak, and they're able to be sneaky and do sleight of hands. Who yeah. can do magic? Yeah. Mm. yeah. I like that. I like Maybe. that a lot. Okay, cool. I like that. That's smart. <clears throat> yeah, all right. Well, Everyone, I'm really excited to be doing Heist Month with y'all. You love to steal it month. And uh, just so y'all know, uh, next week we're watching The Inside Man. We got a little Ooh. Denzel. We got a little Ooh. a little Jodie Foster. We got a little Clive Owens uh, in this one. So I'm pretty excited about that. It I is think a it's just modern. one Owen. Oh, it's I just think Owen. it's just Owen. Did I do? Did I make him an Owens? <laughs> oh, that's such yeah. a New England thing. To I do. think it's a singular oh, Clive. <laughs> He also added a V to the name, but it's fine. Like, it's good. It's Spike Lee. It's a really good movie. It's very different mood. Very different mood. Yeah. A little more modern. This one's from 2006, I believe. So a little more, a little closer to these days. That's the year I graduated uh, college, I think. If everybody wants to know how old I am. Uh, That's that's how old I am. And that's when that movie came out. But I'm really excited. It is a very good uh, thriller heist uh, type of movie. So if you, dear listeners, uh, want to kind of follow along, uh, watch along rather than read along and uh, chat with us about it, that is what we're doing next time. Any other thoughts, of course, I, I want to open the floor. If there are any other thoughts on the hot rock, the hottest rock that ever rocked this podcast. <laughs> I'm just, I really want to visit. I really want to come visit New York. Oh, you should. I, I mean, really hang out with me, 1972 also- New York. <laughs> Can we go? Yeah, we need to plan the visit. That's like a time machine. So we can go to New York in the 70s and just like hang out in that oh, bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the problem because it it it's <laughs> a few things have changed. It's not quite the same yeah. place. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, you can come hang out with Paul and I, you know? We could we could all hang out, you know, in New York and do New York things. Uh like like planning bank heists, it's really good. Complain uh, about traffic and complain about traffic. Hang out on a real. roof. Hang out on a right, roof. Paul. That sounds pretty fun. I don't have roof access, sadly. I don't know if Paul does, but oh my god, you Paul do! Does. Well, Let's do it. Oh, see, now we just need to a dead body. <laughs> Amazing. Incredible. You might, you can arrange that, Danielle. Yeah, I, see, I this is the planning. You know, the mastermind <laughs> uh, planning aspect right here. It's very good. All right. Well, 
everyone listening, thank you so much. We really do appreciate you kind of hanging out with us. And we hope you enjoyed your cinematic journey with us. Uh, If you do have a second, please do go ahead and rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. You can tell a friend. That helps us out so much. You know, you can tell your cellmate who has a problem with his feet. I forgot to mention that on the podcast. But hey, if you do have one of those, you can tell a friend. Uh, You can also listen to all of our shows at fanbite.com slash podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media, Instagram and TikTok at Fanbyte. And of course, on Uh, (laughs) fanbite.com. You can watch our streams, of course, as well on twitch.tv slash fanbyte. And thank you so much to Paul. A little more treble. Samaya for producing. Was that from last time or is this a new one? No, that's uh, that's what the mom says when they're listening to Daytona. Oh, right! Of course! How could I forget? How could I ever forget? I apologize. I'm going to say it one more time. Paul, a little more trouble to Mayo for producing. Uh, okay, so LB, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hunk Tears and Letterboxd where I've reviewed this movie twice at Hunk Tears. Excellent. That's fantastic. That is a treat and a gem, and I love it. Fernanda, how about you? Where are you online? I'm on Twitter at Nanda, N-A-N-D-A, Prates, P-R-A-T-E-S underscore, and I say a lot of dumb shit there. So if you like dumb shit, that's that's a Twitter for you. It's <laughs> wonderful. I love it. Our producer, Paul, is at Polly Mayo on Twitter, and I am Danielle R.I. on Twitter if you want to hear my dumb shit that I say all the time. It's a lot of fun. All right, everyone, thank you so very much. Uh, We'll be back next week with the Inside Man, and until then, we'd love to see it. (laughs) 